Welcome to the BP Supplement, episode, installment number 15. The 15th uh, Supplement? This is the 15th yeah. Supplement we've done, mm-hmm. and I still haven't figured out, like, I haven't standardized my intro. Well, it's been them. a month since it's our so last It's so rare one. that you do so. a supplement. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so here's what, here's what we're going to do. All right. Uh, it's, our, it's our yearly thing, and uh, as per tradition, we're a little bit late, but based on the actual, you know... The the calendar, the changing of the seasons, we're yeah. right on time for the summer movie preview. Summer starts Tuesday, June twenty second, I think. I'm sorry, what what day of the week? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, okay, June twenty yeah, second. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and technically, technically, that's when it starts. So we're not in summer yet. We're still in spring. Technically, yes. Uh, that voice oh. you hear, uh, this won't surprise you if you're a regular familiar. listener to the summer movie preview. Uh, it, returning to the show is friend of the show, comedian Josh Fadum. Who just took a drink of water and then spilled some on the mic? No, I didn't. Right yeah, there. Kind I did. <laughs> uh, I st- that's why it's got the protective foam that it you got to speak into the mic for you people might, to hear you. That's why. Oh, is this not speaking into it? No, but you were, you were like down here. That's why it's got the protective foam that uh, it can probably be heard rubbing. Yeah, yeah. You think that can be heard? Uh, probably yes. Okay. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. What are we gonna do with this guy? All right. Uh, so you know everything's going haywire when he steps in the room. So anyway, we're going to do. <sighs> I wasn't even paying attention. I'm sorry. I was, oh really? I was looking at the movies. Oh okay. You know, the last about. time I was here was so high energy that this one, no matter what, seems like. No matter even if I yell or I'm like, hey, I'm bringing up my voice. It seems <laughs> like way more subdued because yeah. before last time I was here, it was me and Paul Goebel yeah. competing yeah. for who can be. The most the talkative. Yeah. Uh, talkative, that's generous. Um, yeah, I titled that episode Absolute Chaos <laughs> because it really is just I know, you, <laughs> talking over each other and me just holding my head. You put this like big long warning before it like, <laughs> now everyone who listens, <laughs> it may get loud, it may yeah. get dangerous. For those of you who drive to work in your car, I'm sorry if it sounds like a morning radio show. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, Did I say that? Something like that, okay. maybe. But I, I, I listened to some of it, and it was like, we're not, we're just, we're not that bad. I think probably <laughs> being there was probably yeah. made you hyperventilate a little. But listening to it, it doesn't sound that bad. I do often listen back to our guest episodes just to make sure everything's fine, and and often because our guests are very entertaining, and I like to listen back to it, and I forget that. Oh, right, I was involved in this, but it's like, all right, now I get to listen to those jokes again. Right. Um, not that for vanity s- purposes, you listen. You don't listen for vanity purposes. Oh, quite, you listen for entertainment. Quite the opposite. Once I <laughs> once I start talking, it's like, ugh, can I can who's, I like skip to the next chapter or something? Um, you never go. Who's that guy? Oh, it's me. Never mind. <laughs> no, I'm always very aware that it's me. Um, but uh, but no, the the we fading, shouldn't have the air conditioner either on the whole time or off the whole time. Okay, well, it's blowing right on my back because it's. Is it not? You don't think it feels good? It's so hot outside. No, it feels very good, but it's right on my back, and for it's so those my back listening, is cold. It's on his six. For those listening a year from now, <laughs> yeah. they'll know that it was a hot day today. It was a hot, day, a hot Father's Day. June 20th. A day for Father's Hot Father's Day. Day. <laughs> a day for Hot Father's. <laughs> Dilfs, hot if you will. Hot Father's. <laughs> um, All right. But so here's uh, what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to go uh, through the remainder of the summer movies, the actual summer movies. Yeah. The remainder of June, July, and August. 
Yeah. Uh, we don't have September movies in front of us. Yeah. Technically, the, su- the summer goes to, to late September. Who needs them? Uh, but apparently, Hollywood has decided the summer movie summer movie season starts in May. Yeah. Whatever. I don't get it. I don't well, go, I don't, that I don't probably go go dates movies. back to whatever movie, you know, first set of May blockbuster. I probably well, I Iron Man, too. I think what happened is that, uh, you know, you always try to have your, blo- your tent poles come out in the summer, mm-hmm. and it kept happening like, oh, all the... All the weekends in the summer are booked with blockbusters. We got to go either one later, one early, yeah. and they decided on early. And then every year, it just sort of pushes again. You know, yeah. I mean, three hundred came out in March. Yeah, and then well, I guess Alice in Wonderland. March of '07, not March, March of this yeah. year. Yeah, you're way off. <laughs> um, Was three hundred considered like a big summer movie? They were going to make it. A I summer think. Movie? I think in retrospect. That's how people see it, but yeah. only because it was so successful. Still, never saw three hundred. It's and terrible. Is it? it I don't I care hear, for it. It's not worth sense. watching at all. I mean, there there are a couple parts that are unintentionally funny, but it's not worth. The Some two of the hours visuals of are are interesting. Just so wrong. Just it's a complete waste of time. <laughs> I don't appreciate that one bit. You interrupting me okay. with the word "wrong" <laughs> shouted. It won't happen again. Thank you. Hey, you know, I just thought of while, while you guys were arguing about that, I, <laughs> I just thought of a joke. <laughs> uh, if there's a big movie star with the last name Maid, that would be great if she could star along with uh, Gerard Butler in a movie because then it could say Butler Maid. <laughs> and then whatever the name of the movie is. I'm glad you did think of that. <laughs> I don't know how to react. I so seldom know how to he react. He likes to it. And he's like, I don't want to like it. <laughs> no, my role in life is to not like that joke. That is kind of how I define myself. Yes. Right. So this, but this episode will be out. Uh, it should be up about the same time as the new official episode. Which yeah, will yeah. also have Josh Fadum on it. You're getting yeah. a, del- a double dose of Fadum this week, and then maybe I should modulate, give a little different different levels of myself. You know, it's like this one I w- I don't want to shout too much, and then maybe another one I will shout too much. Maybe you yeah. should start thoughts in this episode and complete them in the next episode. Exactly, a little uh, incentive, <laughs> yeah. even though this rather will be coming com- out after <laughs> the <laughs> the official episode, rather uh, than starting thoughts and not completing them at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this. Oh, uh, uh, real quick. Uh, oh, I just thought of. <laughs> Have you seen this? That's oh my r- god. Jake Gyllenhaal. Let's not rip up my summer movie preview. I don't subscribe <laughs> anymore, and so I actually went out and purchased that. I'm oh. sorry. So. Um, but okay, but so people who listen will appreciate those sound effects, you know, yeah. that went along with that bit that I just did, and, and you can yeah. rest easy knowing that it was used. They're going to feel like they're right bit. here alongside us, flipping through magazines, air conditioner blowing on their back. Me shouting wrong. Yeah. So let, you get well, it. You get, get it, <laughs> and like you can look back, you can thumb through this years from now. And you can be like, ah, oh, Robin Hood was supposed to be a big movie in May, and look at this crumpled page. Well, if you're Josh gonna, if you're gonna do Foley work, I'll go and get my Newsweek, and you can thumb through that. Okay. They, you know, tear into Sarah Palin. Um, but uh, well, real quick, actually, before we, I, I feel like before we get into. Uh, what will be coming out? Um, Should we go through those movies? That because I haven't seen any of them. I haven't seen any of them either. Well, you saw Iron Man. Too. I saw Iron. Iron Man. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I saw. I did not see it. Uh, I I'm way behind. I. There's nothing that makes me want to see. Well, let's yeah. preface by saying there's nothing that I'm very excited really to see, and the yeah. things that I thought I real I would like to see that I haven't seen either. Oh, okay. No, the like, only I two. To see MacGruber. 
but I didn't go see it. The only two big tentpole movies that big like summer event movies that I am interested in this summer are Toy Story three, which just came out, and I'll see it. Heard heard it was a crier, a tear jerker. That doesn't surprise me. And uh, Inception, that's the other one. Oh, I I, yeah, that's one that's like looks neat. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the movies that came out in May. Did anybody see Robin Hood? Nope. Uh, I no, but I'm going to be seeing it on my vacation because it plays. There's a, a theater. I'm sure I mentioned this to you. There's a theater called the Pioneer Theater. Now this is in. It's in Manteo, North Carolina, which is where I'm going to be this week. Uh, for my if we have wife. any listeners in Manteo, hey, let's let's arrange a meetup. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta assume there'll be me and you, and even I might not show up. But oh, uh, speaking of meetups, I know this is far in advance, but I want to get this out there. We, we want to do uh, since this is the first time, first year that Tyler will be coming to Comic Con, right? Along with me, we want to do a, a Battleship Pretension meetup. Yeah, um, we're thinking maybe Thursday night because I think Slash Film is doing theirs on Wednesdays, and I don't right. want to uh, conflict. Um, and I know the schedule isn't out yet for Comic Con, so we don't really know. But if you have any ideas of uh, places or, or times or, or, or just any suggestions about the meetup that would work for you, yeah. people who are coming to Comic Con, and if you can make the meetup, that would be great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Email email me, David at BattleshipRetention dot com. Hey, yeah, I got yeah. a question. Okay. Have uh, uh, oh, I got two questions actually. Oh my. Have um, we only have time for have one? You guys been getting a lot of flack and confusion about the BP oil spill, <laughs> and then two I have been is uh, how many people have asked that joke question before me. <laughs> People have said to me on Twitter, like, hey, maybe you should rest off using the acronym for a while. Yeah. And I I reply, like, I'm not going to let these crooks exactly take BP away from me. Right. <laughs> right. It's our word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, I did have somebody on Facebook say, uh, hey, my Twitter is exploding with how much people don't like BP. And I responded, admittedly, David and I have handled this all wrong. <laughs> we did not we we did not have a plan so you know what i'll fess i'll, I'll take responsibility that uh, we didn't we didn't handle this correctly well one person i don't know who it is someone who follows me uh i guess amy mann had made a joke uh, like uh, they oh, okay. said something about about bp like about how awful they are yeah. and someone tweeted to amy mann hey lay off tyler and david <laughs> which i'm sure she didn't understand at all but <laughs> i thought that was pretty funny that's pretty good Oh, good times. All right, um, well, what about Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time? Uh, or did you have more to say about the Mantio oh, well, movie it's, theater? You're a, you're a fan of, uh, like, old th- movie theaters. Uh-huh, yeah. The, the, the pa- uh, Pioneer Theater is, I believe, 75 years old. Mm. It's, like, two bucks a ticket. It's, n- like, 70 cents for, like, a soda and a dollar for a thing of popcorn. And, it's and like, I walked by it. And they only show things that are PG-13 and below. <laughs> and they have one showing a day at 8 p.m. And last time I was there, they were showing Madagascar. And I'm like, I don't want to see that. If it was showing almost anything else, I would go and see it. And so this, this year I was hoping that, uh, that they would Wait, be no, showing... Wait, no, I thought you saw Mr. Mm-hmm. Smith there. That was at a different theater. Uh, there was a, a oh, multiplex okay. theater that, of course, it was showing uh, a lot more things. But... Uh, and so this this time I thought like oh you know what I hope it's uh, I hope they show Toy Story three what else could they show really uh-huh. um, and then about a month late they I just found that they're showing Robin Hood and while I'm not I wasn't that interested in Robin Hood I will sit through it to go to this theater because I'm excited for this sure. uh, this old theater okay uh, Prince of Persia the Sands of Time anybody see it uh, sounds like uh, something that will be blown away with the sands of now yeah that's that seems like that's what happened yeah. Well, I think they were trying to. They were trying to. Uh, I mean, you. I think you and I mentioned this uh, a couple weeks ago with with Dave Chen that it w- they were really trying to make another Pirates. Uh, mm-hmm. By Roman Polanski. 
Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, with uh, Matt. Walter Matthau. Yeah, that's right. Now, and the, and the woman who accused him of uh, the second woman who accused him of uh, uh, sexual abuse. Oh, what would Walter Matthau what have to would, say about that? Yeah, Char- what Charlotte? would Walter Matthau, if he was in Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time, <laughs> what would he sound like? Josh, what do you think Walter Matthau would sound like? These sands of time—they're <laughs> blowing through the wind. <laughs> I'm a prince, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> awesome. uh, okay. What about Christopher Lloyd? No, that's that's, uh, that's fine. That's we'll save that for the official episode. Right. Um, um, I'm not interested in Prince of Time. of Time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no existence. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what were you gonna say? Yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of just wanted to blow through these things that have already come that's out. Fine. Okay, yeah. Prince of Persia, no one cares. Nobody saw, no, and none of us saw MacGruber, right? I wanted to see it. No. Pretty good things. None of us saw Letters to Juliet. Uh, no, no, don't even know what it is. Solitary Man, I had auditioned for that movie like three, four years ago. I can't believe it took so long for it to come out. And the, I remember reading the script and thinking like, this movie, this is, why am I even reading for this? It's clear they want Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know when you can read a script and you can tell it's like, like, we, if only we had Jesse Eisenberg for the role. And then... Uh, lo and behold, who's starring no. in the movie? Oh, a while ago, maybe even a couple of years ago, you auditioned for something where the character was only called Virgin Nerd. No, no, no. That's the, that was a, a, a I kind of rearranged that joke. And, oh, that and, was a joke. Okay. Well, no, it, it was a real thing I auditioned for, but I just called the character when I told it as oh, a joke, okay. like Nerd Virgin, because it's basically <laughs> what it is. What was no. the movie that you were talking? about? The movie about? was called Mardi Gras. Oh, and it never never happened. I I am DB'd it recently, and it's it's in the can. <laughs> All right, um, so we can look forward to that. Is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. You can look forward to something w- along the lines of like <laughs> I'm a nerd, I'm a nerd with a boner, Garden <laughs> Electra's my dream girl. Oh, they'll have to uh, update na- that reference by the time that I'm comes gonna out. Poo in the toilet with my Garden Electra boner. Uh, it's Mardi Gras. I'm seeing boobs. All right, now is Mo- now is Walter Matha. <laughs> oh my God, you son of a bitch! <laughs> um, I've, all right, I've got a crush on Carmen Electra. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I, That's I, the last time I'll do that. Maybe I, not. I read. I don't know if I'm supposed. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can say this. When I worked at MGM, I I, I worked in records and archives. I don't work there anymore, and. Uh, I had access to read like reading scanned copies of scripts that they had mm-hmm. had bought, and a lot of them were unproduced. And someone was paid to write a screenplay, which I couldn't even get through two pages of. Yeah, uh, that was a narrative comedy feature called "Girls Gone Wild" the movie, based on the property "Girls Gone Wild." Someone wrote a movie, and it was pretty much that. It was. Someone it was, got paid for that. Yeah, someone got paid to write the script, and well, uh, like what? Uh, what was the? Was wait, let me guess. So it's like someone's at Mardi Gras. Hey, I got an idea. I got a video camera too. Oh man, hey baby, can I no. see your boobs? Is oh, it like what the, if she doesn't like me? I'll get her to like you. Is it like the upcoming? I'm not even saying this jokingly. Is it like the upcoming like Facebook movie about? The emerging no, of no, this thing? Or? That would be slightly interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it's David Fincher. Um, yeah. David Fincher presents the making of Girls Gone Wild. <laughs> no, this was a, a, about... 
It was no, it was like a road trip style. Only that's mean to say because road trip is actually kind of funny. Okay. Um, but it was that horrible sex comedy, and it was about a group of like cameramen who worked for Girls Gone Wild. Oh, like right. Girls Gone Wild already existed. Okay. Anyway, hey guys, you like rape? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Girls Gone Wild and rape, did anyone see Sex in the City too? <laughs> no, and I, I think I've mentioned that. Uh, well done. Yeah, I know you did. No, but um, I know. That I, oh, go, you go ahead. You 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 get camels in the mix. I'm on board. Um, no, that's actually uh, my my wife uh, loves the show. She liked the first film, and uh, and even she uh, saw the, that trailer and said, "This is this is too much even for me. I'm I'm never seeing that." Yeah, so. I didn't. Even see I know the first this film. isn't uh, this isn't something the audience can see, but I took a picture of. Um, on a poster of Sex and the City 2, Sarah Jessica Parker's knee. Okay. And it is weird and smush looking. Yeah. Like they did, a, they were like, this knee doesn't look right. Well, it's too big. Well, we can't make it too big. Well, we better make it small. It looks like Greg Brady, Brady hit it with a football. Like yeah. it's really smushed in. <laughs> it looks smushed in. Like, and they're like, well, just kind of smush it in a little more. Photoshop. <laughs> uh, Shrek Forever After? No. Not interesting. Yeah. Uh, just right. Did anyone see Just Right? I don't even know what that is. Queen Latifah. Oh Tommy? yeah, Just Right, because her her character's name is Right with a W. Yeah, it's not, it has nothing to do with the cereal. It's not a movie based off the cereal. Right, it's not just uh, cereal. Just uh, right. Iron Man Two. You saw that? I did see that. I didn't see that, and uh, I, I liked it a great deal. Um, a lot of what I have to say has has been said elsewhere, but it's. It has moments of, of brilliance. Robert Downey Jr. is good, of, of course, as is uh, uh, Mickey Rourke. Sam Rockwell is wonderful, as always. Um, the frustrations come when you realize, like, this is just one part of something much larger. This is not... N- now it's full-fledged, like, part of the Avengers franchise, and there's, they spend so much time, like, teasing things for that. They're just like, for example, Scarlett Johansson at all. Her character, uh, she does very well, and she's very slinky and attractive and, and delivers the lines as well as she can for a one-dimensional character. But um, Actress. <coughs> well, um, <laughs> but the just the whole thing, it's, uh, yeah, I just had no, it just was not nearly as satisfying as, as the first film. Because in the first film, there, was, there wasn't necessarily a guarantee that there was going to be a second one. So there's a certain degree of finality to it and it's a lot of fun um whereas this one it just feels incomplete because it's, a lot of people it's, saying you put you need to plant these seeds in here you oh yeah you need to get this in there yeah so they've got seeds for another iron man movie as well as a captain america a thor a, an avengers just all these other things and you're just like man this is mm-hmm. th- I, big look commercial. i'm gonna i'm already gonna see these other movies all right <laughs> you don't as I'm well not, everyone else i'm too cool for school and yet, because they bogged it down, and I and the word of mouth gets back to someone like me, I haven't thought it was urgent to go see the movie yet. You're losing money. I would say it's worth. I'd say it's Iron worth Man seeing. Too. Definitely, I enjoyed it. Right, but no but, one was like, "Oh my god, you gotta see it." Yeah, I didn't find it nearly as uh, satisfying as the first film. Okay, that's what um, I've heard multiple times. On the next page here is Mother and Child, which is not really a summer movie, but I saw it and I didn't like it. Okay. So now, what did Rodrigo Garcia make? What else did he uh, make? Nine Lives? Things you can and tell by you can just touch by, by looking, looking at her. her. Yeah. Boring. Um. Holy anybody, anybody see that Babies documentary? No. Oh. No. I did not either. God, I'm falling asleep just by saying the names of these movies. <laughs> I don't. I don't like babies. 
<sighs> I would much rather watch Geniuses, Baby Geniuses 2. Uh-huh. Or Super mm-hmm. Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. Did regular see Cats and Dogs 2? They made no. another one? Marmaduke. Uh, it's coming out. Yeah, were people clamoring for... I, hey, I saw Cats and Dogs in the oh, theater. Oh, God, these movies. <laughs> I want to talk about them. <laughs> this, is a, this is a... I mean, we're again, we're not saying anything that hasn't been said before, but this... This summer season real is dump. really, really uh, uninteresting. It's a real dump. And the, and the, and again, as you said, the few that are, the reviews come. You're like, oh, uh, uh, what is it? Survival of the Dead, the latest right. uh, yeah. Romero film. I remember being like, yeah, all right. I like him, and I like Land of the Dead. Um, I didn't see Diary of the Dead. Diarrhea of the Dead, more Am like I right? it. Am it I right? Terrible. Oh, you saw it? Ugh, it was awful. Did you see Survival of the Dead? Nope. All right. And uh, I was interested, and then I saw the reviews, and it's like, I guess I'm not interested anymore. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. I saw Micmacs, and it was kind of a disappointment. Okay. Although I don't even know if disappointment is the wor- word, because it's better than a very long it's engagement. Like, you know, with the movies, what can you... I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'd, go ahead. Oh, just, I mean, it's like, it just I don't go see anything now in the theaters, because it feels like you would hear if something's going to be great. You know, <laughs> like, I think my friend and I, a few months ago, went to see Repo Man, and was like... I guess we'll go see Repo Men because uh-huh. there's nothing else to do right now. Mm-hmm. And then we went to see it and was like, "Well, that movie was the that was that movie." It was originally yeah. titled Repossession Mambo, which that's the name a of a ti- of a book that it was based off of. I, yeah. I, I don't think it would have changed title, the. Ma- I don't think it would have made the movie any better. I would like to so watch Repossession Mambo title. and then follow it with Assassination Tango. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think I'm done for the day. <laughs> um, or the uh, or but the assassination of Richard with Nixon by Waltz. the last by the coward Jesse James of the last tango in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What what did you say, David? Oh, I made a joke. Oh, I didn't hear it. Though. I said anything starring Christoph Waltz. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, it was it was a pretty good joke. All right, let's get into the actual summer movie preview. Right. Or I guess we'll the ones who, the ones that we that have yet to come out. We'll we'll, we'll sort of yo-yo back and forth going through June because yeah. it's part. The way through June, but this will come out this week and Friday, June twenty fifth. Night and day comes out, starring Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. And I gotta say, I really like the trailer. I uh, I'll say this as as crazy. A lot of people are completely turned off by everything that Tom Cruise does these days. And odd person though he may be, uh, as an actor, he always delivers. You watch War of the Worlds, he always delivers. I think he like. Mission, the Mission Impossible I don't think, films. And I don't think he. Well, I didn't see Mission Impossible three. Oh, but that's I was. I, you you I, used to get me into. He could get me in the movie theater almost every time. Uh, and then after like Magnolia and Eyes Wide Shut, I think I and and then Minority Report, which I don't remember liking in the theater, but I would like to review. I think I was sort of like, he sucks. Like he's just hitting the same notes over and over, and he, he's just like, he's just playing that kind of like, you know, confident. Like uh, he's not doing anything different, you know. Like I don't know. I think his charms are unique. If you mm-hmm. watch uh, *Tropic Thunder*, which I liked quite a bit, I didn't mm-hmm. see it. Oh, uh, you didn't see it? No. You know, the big thing is like it's Tom Cruise. And he's playing a hairy Jew, and like <laughs> he's got all this makeup on, but he doesn't really transform into uh, this hairy Jew producer asshole type. He just says the f word a lot, and it's like this hairy guy with all this makeup. With Tom Cruise's voice going, I will fuck you up, I will fuck you, fucker, fuck. And uh-huh. it doesn't feel like 
that was he's that's... he's really convincing as an actor. He's just more of the makeup. And then he, I guess, he just went on the MTV Awards and danced as that character two years after the movie came out. That was my problem with with that character. Is the character is written funny and in the hands of a somebody who kind of fits that role, like a Paul Giamatti or something like that. It it could have been incredibly funny but by putting tom cruise in there then you're not laughing at the character you're laughing at it's tom cruise the fact that it's tom cruise underneath all that yeah but but i do find that's the thing is like you you say he hits the same notes but um and so yeah he may not throw you anything new but he is a dependable actor like he will always deliver a movie star you could say yeah and yeah. and honestly night and day is the kind of thing that's perfect for him and I, I'll he's say, very charming in the in the trailer. speaking of mission impossible 3 i, re- I rewatched that a couple weeks ago and it's it has surpassed the first one. It's my favorite of the three oh, absolutely. Mission Impossible movies. Oh well, part two that's not so hard to to beat that. Yeah, yeah that one was terrible. I I, I enjoy part one. Yeah, you me know, too. But um, I haven't seen three, so maybe I need to check it out. It's it's good. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'm sure there are other like movie stars. Well, there are like Brad Pitt. He tries to like. Tr- do something different to like transform into something else, you know? Yes, but do you say he, I? I would venture to say he tries and often fails. No, I don't think he often fails. I, I think early in his career, you know, he's got quite a bit of versatility. Like California, he's doing something different. Twelve yeah. Monkeys, you know, he's doing something quite different. Uh, I think he's really good in Jesse James. Oh yeah, he's uh, you know, and Tyler Durden. Like you know, a lot of times he he, he plays this you know this sort of like tough mm-hmm. guy hero, but he's like. You know, he's letting himself age, and he's letting himself do th- different things. Like, Tom yeah. Cruise, he seems like he used to do something different, like when he was in Interview with the Vampire. I liked him a lot in that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but you d- get someone like a character actor or like a comedian, like, you know, like Martin Short or Gary Oldman, or uh, not to say that they should have cast that one of those guys in, as the Les Grossman character, but mm-hmm. it just seems like it, it would have been all the more amazing to see Tom Cruise really transform into like tr- do something with his voice and his posture and yeah. you know rather than uh just his I got bored of what I was saying. <laughs> he's he is I, I, don't I would know, say he's kind of a limited actor but within that he's pretty I think pretty I, mean, I, I think I need to hold Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise to different standards cuz it's okay with me that Tom Cruise is not doing what Brad Pitt does. I feel like he's good at what he does and as long as he keeps doing that I'm okay with it. I was just—I would just say that I'm bored of what Tom Cruise is doing, and although I do know, like it's like clear, like he's like trying to do some comedy stuff now because mm-hmm. he, hey, he had a hit with this Tropic Thunder thing, so maybe to revive his career, he's doing more comedy. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll be for that reason. I would he'll be I, the next Alec Baldwin, right? Yeah, he needs to gain a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to see. I guess I would see Night and Day. Looks yeah. like a looks cute. I'll say that. That's the thing is, it looks more. It has more appeal to me as a comedy than as an action movie. Although, here's another interesting thing about Tom Cruise. If you look at his career starting even as far back as The Outsiders, mm-hmm. I guess I have a lot of theories on Tom Cruise. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that don't have anything to do with Scientology, or you, maybe right. you could, you know, squeeze it in there. Uh, he, he, whether it was his conscious choice or his people or his agents or, or even Scientology or whoever, he... Ha- uh, he has like consistently, even if the movies didn't do well, made almost all the right moves, choices. Uh-huh. So, to, so to, if I'm to make a pun, mm-hmm. he, he's made all the right moves in terms of choosing projects. He worked with like every big director that mm-hmm. there was at the time, like Coppola, Scorsese, Spielberg. Uh, well, I guess he worked didn't work with Spielberg till later on, but Coppola, Scorsese, Oliver Stone, Oliver Stone, uh, uh, De Palma when he did Mission Impossible. Um, um, you know. And, uh, 
A Few Good Men. To- uh, Ridley Scott, Tony Scott, I mean, Rob Reiner oh, yeah, no, was Rob huge Reiner. when, when he Reiner. did A Few Good Men. You know, yeah. like so everyone that he was working with was like really big, and then, um, and then you know, and he kind of stuck with that even with like Stanley Kubrick and Paul Thomas Anderson, and then, um, and then I guess you know he makes the Ben Stiller appearance, but like Ben Stiller is his own sort of big thing. But now it's sort of like James Mangold. I like James Mangold. Yeah. Do you think of James Mangold as like a fantastic? No, I don't a think great I, director. I think of his. his I don't know that he's any director. worse than Rob Reiner, though, That's as true. a director. Uh, would you s- compare James Mangold's movies to Rob Reiner's good ones? Like Rob Reiner, I guess when he was younger, he'd made Spinal Tap, Misery, um, uh, Princess Bride. Yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, you Stand know. by me. Stand by me. He's got a. And those are all a, like a deeper, did, a deeper CV than you James know, Mangold. James Mangold. But, or he makes pr- primarily Oscar bait, like Girl Interrupted, Copland, which I do like. Actually. I like Copland too. I like Copland. I, I didn't like Girl Interrupted. Um, Girl Interrupted, Walk the Line, which Three Ten to Yuma I don't think was Oscar oh, bait. That Yuma was, was very great. entertaining. Oh movie. Yeah, 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 I did. I did like Three Ten to Yuma, but still, it was like you know he seems like he's almost well, it, like it a poor man's Taylor Hackford, like, who's a poor man's all kinds of other <laughs> things. But look, James Mangold, we named his two best movies as being Copland and 310 to Yuma, and those are the ones with guns. Mm-hmm. And now he's making a movie okay, with guns right, in it. Okay, I think this okay. might be Fair enough. to his strength. That's true. Uh, Copland is good. Uh, I, I consistently quote, um, uh, I consistently quote, like, um, De Niro's line in the movie. I asked you, listen, you deaf fuck. I asked you if you want when you want to be a cop, I gave you a chance. I, I asked you if you want to be a cop. And you blew it! <laughs> you blew it! <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch that again. It's been forever. You can just find that isolated clip on YouTube. Oh, that's oh, <laughs> search Copland. You blew it. You'll. Oh, find it's it. in the trailer. I I gave you a chance to be a cop, and you blew. It. Yeah, that's yeah. it's in the trailer. And, then, and and Stallone is good in that movie too. He's uh-huh. you know he pe- he's uh he's not trying to his ego's not in the way. Yeah, he uh, did not but, get paid. Oh, did the, not get paid for that film. Really? Yeah, he was. Uh, I remember at the time he went on talk shows and David oh, Letterman said, "Did you?" He said, "I understand you didn't get paid." And he said, "Well, I understand that people view me a certain way, and in casting me as a lead in a movie like this, they were taking a big chance." And so I figured, if they're going to take that chance, I'll, I, I won't. I won't take the. He pay doesn't check. need the money that badly. Yeah, and I, 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 I re- really respected him for that. I, I like. I like Stallone. I wish he hadn't fucked his face up so badly. He's just hideous looking now. Um, yeah. he's, you seen what he looks like now? Yeah. Do you think maybe years ago he and Mickey Rourke just slammed their faces into each other <laughs> and, uh, that's just how they, why they look like that now? Probably. The joke okay. I've been making about the Expendables is like, you know, it's a, it's, um, a movie about a rogue group who all go and get facelifts and then <laughs> take on the bad guys. Well, they make their faces bulletproof so that they can better yeah. take on the when bad guys. When I look guys. at the trailer for the Expendables, I always think, I always go, I wonder how... Jean-Claude Van Damme and Chuck Norris and Steven Seagal feel about this. Yeah. I think that like, they tried to get Van Damme in the movie. Really? I think he couldn't do it or he didn't want to do it or someone. You can tell there's a couple guys It's like, who's that guy? You know, yeah. and they're just like, we couldn't get Van Damme. I mean, they got <laughs> Dolph, have this. Dolph Lundgren, right? Yeah, Dolph's yeah. in the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, that's awesome. And um, yeah, but Jet Li. But Jet Li is like the only martial arts guy in the movie, right? Jason Statham Jason likes to Statham kick. Jason Statham is kind of in the middle, I'd say. He likes to kick. But I'm saying, but I'm saying, compared to like Chuck Norris and Steven Seagal and Van Damme, right, right. like those yeah. are guys who did martial arts. Yeah. Oh, I, ha- I had one more, one more rig- riggedy rigged theory about Tom Cruise uh, to back up a little. Okay. I-, I watched the Outsiders uh, um, extended edition DVD that Coppola felt so compelled to make. 
Um, and uh, there's a little special features on there are really fun, and there's a lot of uh, um, footage of the auditions, you know, and they and they talked about how it was a, the hugest deal when couples making the outsiders and like all the young pretty boys of Hollywood were lined around the block to audition, you know, and they have all these mm-hmm. guys like Scott Bayo and Matt Dillon and uh, and uh, Leaf Garrett and stuff and guys who um, were auditioning for the movie. And uh, Tom Cruise, of course, is one of them. And they were switching roles and stuff. And and so it seemed like it was a huge deal to get a role in The Outsiders back mm-hmm. then. And Tom Cruise is in the movie. Yeah. But if you watch the movie, he has the smallest, most, like, worthless part. Yeah. And every time he's in he's in a scene, he's doing it up good, boy! Woo! Hey, I want to go. I want to do some fighting. Watch me do a flip. Woo-hoo-hoo! Like, he is just hamming it up, like, I only have three lines in this scene! Yeah, boy! <laughs> And uh, <laughs> uh, it, it feel it it's it strikes me very much as like some someone in a higher place. I just like to paint these little backstories uh-huh. when I watch movies. Someone in this higher place was saying, "Well, we have to use this guy, this young guy, Tom Cruise. Uh-huh. He's going to be big, and it's already set up that he's going to be big. We have to use him. So, do you want to give him the lead?" And then Coppola or someone was like, "No, no." Give him the role of Steve Randall. He Steve mm-hmm. Randall's only he's in the mm-hmm. movie, but he's not that important. It's like okay, we'll give Steve Randall to Tom Cruise, and then we'll give the other ones to guys that we actually want in the role. Something to look at, you know. Next okay. time the movie. I haven't seen The Outsiders since uh, we read the book in my seventh in seventh grade, and really? it's like, hey, uh, uh, let's watch this now. It all takes place in Tulsa, so that's why. And I'm from Tulsa, so <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, and S. C. Hinton is a is a writer from Tulsa, and she's yeah. writing about like. Writing about Tulsa. Is well. that like? Is that how your childhood was? Just fighting the socials? Yeah, I the was, I was the greaser. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Get him to the Greek. Don't you tell me what to do. Anyone no. seen it? My dad saw it. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, it was so good. Really? <laughs> we love that Jonah Hill. He was real good. He he did a lot of good stuff. He was different too in this than he was in usual things. And uh, uh, that Russell Brand, ugh, he is so funny. I hear he's exactly like that in real life. Okay. Are you making so fun of your father? It's Father's Day, sir. No, it's a tribute to my dad. I, oh, okay. I mean, he actually liked the movie, and, um, you know, so some people said ha- it was good. Having seen I'm not Forgetting a, I'm Sarah not into Marshall. Russell Brand. I, enjo- I enjoyed him way more than I thought I would in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and I like Jonah Hill in general, uh-huh. and so and like it's the same too. director as that. With and, and the reviews are okay, so it's it's something I'm, I'm not going to shell out the money to see it in, in theaters. Um but it's something I'll, I probably will see uh, on DVD. Uh-huh. It, uh, it interests me. Um, now, this is something that I, my my friend Sean, who I do my other podcast with, uh, has brought what? up. Hey, what's your other podcast? It's called Previously On. It's about it's a television review podcast. We just sort of okay. It's okay. a weekly thing. We look back at the last week. Of so, are what you guys letting television. Battleship Retention just fall by the wayside because neither of you have seen any of these these. Um, these uh, these movies, you know? I, hey, I see movies. Are your love is your love for movies just debilitated? No, I just no, don't. I just my, I've gotten snobbier, and I and I only see like small. I saw Mother and Child, but I didn't right. see and uh, the knickknack or whatever it's called. Micmax, I saw, and I saw uh, right a documentary about Vate Harlan, the Nazi filmmaker. Right. Uh, that sounds neat. I just go and rent movies and and watch them at home. Watch stacks and stacks of them. But something that Sean brought up is that. Uh, Jonah Hill seems to be going the Chris Farley, John Candy route where we need to start worrying. With his about, weight? About how, like, have you seen the trailer for Cyrus? Whew. Was he big? Yeah, he's really big. And I yeah. saw I saw him at a restaurant called Magnolia on Sunset uh, a couple months back, and it was 
It was worrying. His right. weight, his weight is fluctuating. He's he seems to be getting. I mean, he was never felt to begin with, but he right. seemed like to drop really some pounds. Uh, he was seeming to be really thin. Oh, uh, maybe at, at some point, like his weight probably goes back and forth or right. something. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I hope I hope he's healthy because he's funny. Yeah. Uh, I re- here's a movie I really do want to see that just just opened here is the Joan Rivers documentary. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to see that it, too. That does look really good. I'm hearing across the board just great things about it. Yeah. What is your What is your opinion on Joan Rivers in general? Um, I have respect for her. Okay. Like, I don't think I don't think she's unfunny. I think she's she, not really my cup of tea. But yeah. to be uh, I, I don't want this to sound patronizing, but to be a female stand-up at the time that she was yeah. coming up could not have been easy. I, I, yeah, I think the, the documentary looks good to me because of my the way I view her. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, she's not someone I'm like, oh, I must just see everything Joan Rivers has, everything Joan Rivers does. You know, but I look at that and I'm like, that's how I feel about her. It's, it's cool that she exists. She's from the old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's still... Got it. If you know, regard in regards to what her it is, you know, yeah. um, and uh, you know, I think like her whole plastic surgery thing is, I, I I'm repulsed by plastic surgery, mm-hmm. but I think her plastic surgery stuff, it's like the way she talks about it, and in in coordination, was that the right word with her life, correlation with her life, yeah. it's like it's in it's just interesting. It's, it makes it an interesting story, you know, and like. And uh, someone told me they saw her one person show that the the documentary is about, and that they just were crying because it was so really? good and funny, and she was she, amazing. She is very uh, just. I don't. I know very little about her, but as far as like interviews and stuff, she is very open and unguarded yeah. about herself. And so Fearless. I feel like, so I feel like the documentary could have a great deal of potential because she's not trying to. I so, I'm sorry to put it this way. It's the phrase that came to mind. She's not trying to put a good face on things. Yeah, um, it, it's fascinating how <laughs> open and honest she is, you know, and seemed to be fearless, but then yeah. also gets all the plastic surgery because I, mm, yeah. I, I um, uh, associate plastic surgery with, like, fear and um, uh, inability to, like, age, you know, mm-hmm. or inability to kind of accept what you are, yeah. you know, and so you see someone who's like, a big star a character actress like Faye Dunaway, you know, she's an yeah. amazing actress. And then why has she fucked her face up or even make Ryan, you know, it's yeah. like yeah. Dolly Parton. Yeah. Well, Dolly Parton also has an interesting justification about it, you know, but like you see all these people, but she like, looks like a monster. She does look yeah. like a monster, <laughs> but it's like, uh, you see all these people and you're like, why, did, why did you do that to yourself? How can you ever, that's not what people look like. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and and it's it's an odd thing because Burt Reynolds has it too. Like oh, his, fa- his face looks really terrible, and it's and, and I don't necessarily like to judge people, but at the same time, there is that that idea like, oh, well, I'm getting older, and I could like maybe start losing parts, uh, you know, losing roles, and so I better do this. And it's like, well, I don't know anybody who's gotten like a lot of plastic surgery and gets more parts as a as a yeah, result. Like, it's a weird when it's band. that obvious. Same with Sylvester Stallone. You mm-hmm. know, like why. And if you and you know his career was kind of flu- fluttering in like yeah. two thousand three or four, and then he kind of made a little bit of a, a comeback with Rocky Balboa and started yeah. directing, you know, and making these sort of slightly, you know, personal versions of his commercial films, and um, uh, but like I watched some trailer online for this movie I never saw called Shade, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. and 
and he looks good in that movie. That's only 2003, yeah. you know, and, and, and as far back as like even like in the Get Carter, in that crappy remake of Get Carter, yeah. he still looks pretty good, you know. So it's like, why did he why did he do that? You know, he like I, it's almost like, oh, if only he looked like that, I'd be so excited to see him as Rambo. Mm-hmm. But he looks like Rambo with this tugged face. Yeah. Even John Goodman, uh, he was on Letterman. Yeah, he lost a lot of he weight. He lost a lot of weight. But also, if you see uh, when you saw him on, like, I'm happy for him because you know he seems like he's healthier now. But it's weird because you look at him and it's like it's clear that he had to get some sort of work done. Mm-hmm. And right, because there's a lot of like loose skin. Yeah, and, probably yeah. all this loose skin, you know. But yeah. still, it looks uh, to me. It's, to me, it's the first thing I notice. Jonah Hex. You see this Jonah Hex guy, and like, why did he get all this work done? Yeah, too? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the comic. Uh, I don't know anything about the comic, but I thought the movie looked good, but it tanked. Everyone yeah, said and, the, and the reviews like are not Cole. strong either. And I, here's one thing I have to say about the poster: it looks cool. I I am excited about western stuff, but why do they have to put metal font? You know, do <laughs> the hex. <laughs> well, make it a western font. You know what I was telling David, like a western. What I was telling David before uh, before you got here is that. Everything about Jonah Hex, it just it just has strong echoes of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which came out in 2003, where it's ba- both of them are based on lesser-known comic books. Uh, Wasn't League of Extraordinary Gentlemen pretty well-known? Uh, not, more? not as well as it among, could be for what that comic is. fans, yeah. but I don't think the average person knew I what, didn't know yeah, anything about Everyone knows who Batman is, Spider-Man, Superman. You know, everyone knows that, but people don't know League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or even Watchmen to a certain extent. Um, and I'd say the same about Jonah Hex is that doesn't have a built-in audience already, right? And so I feel like the studios were they wanted to capitalize. They were looking for anything having to do with comic books, and they wanted to capitalize on oh Jonah Hex. All right, uh, comic book people know who this is. This will be really exciting. But in plugging in like Megan Fox and wanting to turn it into just a standard action movie, which, which translates out to they put metal font right. on the uh, on, on a the western poster, on a western. They clearly, they only wanted the name and certain aspects of the character without being true to the spirit of what it was. And, yeah, and so I remember the trailer looked interesting. I, I remember I like the character from what I've seen, which is not much, but I like the character. I thought there was a lot of potential. I like Josh Brolin. And then, uh, but I said, I'll hold off till the reviews come out and it's getting yeah. destroyed. It's weird. It's like, I I appreciate and admire Josh Brolin and I admire that, you know, he's playing a character that has this gross hangy thing over his mouth. Yeah. But uh, I'm looking at this picture, and I can't imagine, like, a big commercial audience would want to see this movie yeah. where Josh Brolin has this hangy thing over his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I won't have a problem with it, but but I imagine audiences would, you know. Those those uh, the know, superficial thing. audiences, not yeah. like you. Not like me. You look to the core. I go see movies with Bradley Cooper. The A-Team. Good transition there. Uh, yeah, Liam Neeson, newly or somewhat newly minted action star Liam Neeson after yeah. Taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradley Cooper, like Charlton Copley, and Quentin Rampage Jackson. Yeah, you get I that. Thought, e- you get that email, David, from a listener of ours, probably talking about. Uh, he's a he's a nice guy, a good listener. You know, good listener. I assume he listens well, <laughs> but uh, a but a long time. Now listener. you sit down, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, long-time <laughs> listener is what I meant to say. 
but first uh, time emailer. Did he say that when he emailed? Oh Hi no, he's Tyler. emailed us uh, many times before. Long time listener, multiple time emailer. <laughs> Uh, but his whole thing was because, uh, again, with the A team, I remember thinking, like, we'll see how this goes. I like Joe Carnahan in the sense that I like Narc a lot. Um, but the uh, but I'll hold off and wait until the reviews come out. And the reviews were pretty bad. And and somebody and so he, he emailed and a friend of ours, Adam, who designed our poster for the last live show. He saw it and, and liked it a lot. And and the the attitude seemed to be like it's just you know what did these people expect did they expect it to be great like it, did they expect these characters to like have depth well then you wind up with a movie like you know three kings and you know that's not what this is supposed to be and part of me is like yeah but then you wind up with a movie like three kings which is which good. is great yeah you know whereas a team is just but another think, disposable thing right i i think people are when a movie like a team gets uh, bad reviews. People are just mm. assuming that it's because it's not doesn't have depth. But we just talked about you and I just talked about how great Mission Impossible, Impossible Three is. Yeah, that's a that's a shallow movie. Yeah, it's just really well done, and you, the, it's okay. You can have a shallow action movie. Yeah, that's good. You know, I like Constantine a lot. You sure do. <laughs> and I, it's on the shelf. Still haven't seen it. Uh, so yeah, just uh, just don't assume that because we don't like or a critic doesn't like. A big summer movie. Yeah, it's that they they want they're going in looking for Ingmar Bergman. It's it's because right. it just wasn't well done. People, you know, you could have you could critics can respect genre fiction. Oh you yeah. know, it, uh, Ebert loved Splice. He sure did. Yeah, yeah. I, I assume that if when when um, a studio or a, you know someone puts Bradley Cooper in their movie, that they don't want. To make a good movie, <laughs> I liked The Hangover. I, I, I liked The I. Hangover too, but I, I sure liked did Midnight hate Meat character. Train. Did you see that? Oh, no. oh, I think we talked about this because you mentioned Midnight Meat Train before. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, I don't like Bradley Cooper. It's just the th- the thing that gets me is you didn't have to try and turn a- the A Team into Three Kings, but you could have very well, very easily turned it into Ocean's Eleven, which is a fairly shallow movie, but it's great. Yeah, and a lot of fun, and it's not at all mind numbing and. And uh, yeah, just uh, no one. Yeah, no one is sitting at home. I'm sure at, the, at that the movie is targeted to saying like, no young man. I'm sure is saying like they better get the A team right. Yeah, <laughs> they better get it right. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't. I don't care. Well, moving on to another movie that I won't see. Okay, from a movie I didn't see to a movie I won't see. Uh, the Twilight Saga Eclipse. I'm gonna pass on this one because I don't even care. I haven't seen any of the Twilight movies. You've seen I both? saw the f- I, no, I saw the first saw one. The first one. Uh and uh my my wife has seen both and she will probably see this one. Um she doesn't like any of them, but she just has to see them. Um, well, she's read the books multiple times, right? Yes, yes. Um and uh, cuz they're not surprisingly very easy to read. <laughs> um not throwing any curveballs, but uh but yeah, and so um I I'm not planning on on seeing it, but uh I'm sure my wife probably will see it. Yes. Um, okay. I, I don't care. Yeah. About it, <laughs> and I don't know. I'm not that familiar with David Slade's work. Karate Kid remake. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Apparently, Josh is hosting the show now. Yeah. That's fine. I'm just trying to give us a little push. All right. Um, to, we're still getting through June. You know. That's I'm, true. Yeah, I'm not interested in the Karate Kid. Okay. Um, pretty good. Chris reviews. Fairbanks said that he actually was very surprised and thought it was really good. Okay. No, yeah, I've heard, I've heard, good, I've heard good, some good things, but I don't, I don't care. And and the fact that it's, 
like blatantly all kung fu and not karate. Yeah, kind of bothers me just because they're clearly just using the name. Yeah, to to trade in, and it's not even oh like ca- kung fu and karate are the same thing. Yeah, or or just using the name, the Karate, karate kid. kid because it's a, you know, it's a property that they have. Right. But it doesn't take place. It doesn't take place in Southern they, California. They switch it up. It takes place in China. Yeah. or something, right? Which reminds me, actually, that that change, and uh, yes, maybe I'm putting too much thought into this. The fact that that it's this this it's this American kid who comes into China, uh-huh. and then kicks basically kicks all their asses at karate or kung fu or whatever uh-huh. uh like something that is a little more stereotypically chinese uh-huh. um that seems uh wrong to me it's just as far as the attitude where it's just like it's the, yeah that's right it's I, the chinese children's kung fu version of the last samurai yeah i mean or it could be avatar where it's just like oh i l- look at right. look at how amazing this thing is I'm better than all of it, but I'm. It's still pretty neat in of in and of itself. Right. Yeah. You get Jackie Chan, the master, to train you to beat. Um, never mind. I got bored. All okay. Right. The grown ups. Uh, mo- moving on. Well, Toy Story three is gonna be great. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it came out this weekend. None of us has seen it yet, but I'm sure we all will. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Grown ups. I could have sworn this movie had come and gone already, but apparently. No, you're thinking of the bench warmers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe I I believe on Twitter or maybe Facebook I commented that it looked like uh, somebody had uh, remade the John Cassavetes film Husbands, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it, you know it's here's the thing I actually I like a lot of the people in the film, um, but I'm sure it's gonna be terrible. Like it's just I I'm I'm a kind of an apologist, but just a general I like Kevin James. I find him very funny. I think he has like a very natural comedic timing. When I watched. Uh, Hitch, I did not expect to like it, but he kind of saved the film for me. Like, he's a very funny actor. Sandler can be funny. I like Chris Rock a lot. Um, Spade can go either way. Rob Schneider I can do without, but, uh, but right. it's just... No, all these people have been funny. Uh, Rob Schneider, I don't know. Yeah. I Rob Schneider might have been funny on Saturday Night Live. Uh, yeah, a couple uh, times. I'll say this. I liked Rob Schneider when he was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, okay. I liked... Um, we'll, go, we'll go back and we'll say that. I liked that. when he was the... The, what's the sketch where he, he's like the the naked guy who takes his son to the ball game? Yeah, that's a that's a awesome sketch. Yeah, but he's like really sensitive, right? Yeah, yeah, that's um, pretty funny. And the I mean the original like copy guy, yeah, was copies. funny. I think I feel I mean right. it kind of kind of got run into the ground, which is what they do when they have a Absolutely. character like that. But it, it was funny. But yeah, the rest of those guys, I agree, are all yeah. funny. But I think I think they're also all guys who kind of know which side they're. Their bread is buttered on, and 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 they, every once in a while, they put out these, or, or more often than not, actually, it yeah. seems they put out these movies. Paul Rust had a really funny joke on Twitter about uh, about it. Something like, "I love, I love how on the poster for uh, the Grown Ups, those wacky guys are are going down the slide according to their contractual <laughs> obligation." <laughs> right. <like> <laughs> um, although David Spade, I think at this point, will sadly just take what he can because he's not. He, he never got, he never got to be what he should have. Because I think David Spade was, in the early '90s, like his yeah the the young the HBO young comedian special that mm-hmm. he's on 
he knocks it out of the park. And I think he was a really funny guy. He had a funny HBO special called Take the Hit, which he's he's very good on. But as an actor, I don't think he was ever meant to be the lead. He's always he's mm-hmm. always at his best when reacting against somebody. Someone else made a joke about the poster. Um, my friend Lisa Cohen, she said something about like, oh, I can't even remember. Oh, I can't help. Like, like. Oh, I don't remember what she said. It was something like, uh, I can't help but look at the poster and think, you know, what's missing or something like that. And and I said, Chris Farley. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that, I, I, it kind of makes you wonder, if he were still alive, would Kevin James have been in there? Like, I think it probably would probably have been Probably if he were still alive, th- this there would be, all the movies would be, they probably would be making different things or something That's like true. That. I th- everything would be a completely different thing, I think. Yeah. Um, all right. Killers or oh, I don't know anything about it, but the poster looks like an early 90s, like, you know, everything I've seen about. Yeah. Like, everything. Everything I've seen about the movie looks really like thrown together. It seems like, hey, Ashton Kutcher and Katherine Heigl both have six free weeks. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go with the script now and see if we can make something. That seems like every movie Ashton Kutcher makes. Uh-huh. He only makes like he, he doesn't get the. He rarely gets the top, top projects. He gets like, okay, we have this thing, which is Ashton Kutcher type. Yeah. Fair. Okay, throw, throw it to Ashton Kutcher. But you I feel like at this point it's like, hey, did you know that guy from the, from the commercials and stuff does movies too? Yeah. That, like Ashton Kutcher is, is an actor second now. Oh, no, absolutely. A bunch of commercials right now? Yeah, yeah, he's for uh, Nokia? No. Yeah, uh, some, or some kind of digital camera. Is but he, he does the other new s- Catherine Zeta-Jones? I, well, I think he's a guy who... Um, I think Ashton Kutcher is uh, he's like a mini mogul. Like he has all kinds of yeah. production companies and owns restaurants and and all this. Like I think he's an entrepreneur. I think he's a guy who's very good with money and knows what to do to make money, and that's why he uh, shows up in movies. And he, well, he's he's famous for being famous. Like if you say Ashton, people actually know. If he, if you just say the name Ashton, yeah. people know well, who I mean, you're talking about. He was on. He earned his fame by being on that '70s show. I don't yeah, think and he's dude, were, yeah, he started out as being one thing, and then he became famous for being Ashton, and then he became famous for Punked, uh-huh. and being Ashton Kutcher, and then it, then to see him go back to movies, you're like, wait, are you trying to be someone else now? <laughs> what What are you doing? Yeah, and of course, Butterfly Effect, and he also he he wasn't he didn't just host Punked like that was his show. Right, he it created it exactly his baby. It. He also made that show that. Surprisingly effective reality show that I can't remember the name of that was like the pretty girls you and the nerdy guys. Oh, girls and nerds, something like that. Beauty and the Geek. Beauty and the Geek. I think it was a surprisingly effective show. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I liked that show because you thought he, it was going to be one that. way and it winds up being another. Yeah. Uh, okay. Did anybody see Marmaduke? And uh, you mean in the apartment or ever? Uh, ever? <laughs> no, Anywhere? Ever? Yeah. All right. Spice. Uh, Spice I think that I've the trailer looks things. really shitty. I like. Everyone keeps saying that it's supposed to be good, but the trailer looks so yeah, bad. Yeah, the trailer is terrible. But luckily, I had heard from some of my friends who went to Sundance and saw it well, well before I saw any trailers. Had heard about how good it was, so I didn't let the trailer color my opinion. I still haven't heard. I still haven't seen it, but I've heard. I've heard it's good. I, I interned at the company that put it out uh, when they were still in the process of developing it, and uh, and I remember thinking like that sound if handled well, which I have no reason to think it will be, but if handled well. This sounds like it could be pretty good, and it uh, sounds like it, they actually did handle it well, which is kind of yeah. rare for that company. Like I said, Ebert uh, Ebert tweeted like the Friday it came out. He said like he tweeted like the best new release this weekend is Splice. Go see it. Yeah, like that. yeah. So, um, Inception looks cool. Inception, I'm really excited about. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm always excited about Christopher Nolan, even though I don't really like uh, the Prestige that much. That mm-hmm. much. Um, he, he still, I, I still, I still would recommend anyone watch the Prestige because it's really well made. Oh, yeah. It's 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 gorgeous to look at. It's a very thoughtful film. I, I think it doesn't succeed, but he's still a guy that I, I don't want to miss anything that Christopher Nolan does. I didn't see Insomnia. Was that any good? It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, really, really? good. Yeah, I actually like it more than the original. Because he explores uh, some things uh, that the original doesn't, as far as has uh, character emotions. Uh, he's good, you know. He's just—he's he, not he, shouting. He's as not much. A Yeah, because he's really tired. He doesn't yeah. have the energy to shout. His character's really tired. Yeah, yeah. he has insomnia. He's not so. doing the. I feel like it all started with heat. I'm tired. Uh, and the, when he really just like turned that corner, or maybe Son of Son of a Woman was before Heat, right? Yeah. Okay, Son of a Woman is where he turned the corner to just being Hoo-ah. the shouty guy. The hua, well, and I then of course the best line in Heat, which is also indicative of the worst of Al Pacino, yeah. when he's like saying like, like talking to Hank Azaria, like why did you let this woman like fool you, or why did you get no? He's like, and he's like, because she's got a great ass. Yeah, and that I you know what a guilty good guilty pleasure of mine is that I really enjoyed and watched for the first time recently was Devil's Advocate. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good guilty pleasure. I really really liked it, and uh, the speech he gives at the end. I watched it with my girlfriend, and she she made me watch it, and it was like. So now I'm always quoting like I'm a fan of man. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually think that uh, he he was in Dick Tracy, uh-huh. which involved a lot of, as big bo- big boy Caprice, and he just yeah, Oscar nomination he, for that Oscar nomination, and he was really big. And I think he's like, this feels right. I'm gonna have to stick <laughs> with this for a while. Yeah, and then he gets the nomination. He's like, oh man, I've they're rewarding me for this. Now we're talking. See, that's an example of someone in crazy makeup, and yeah. they're really making the most of it. You know? Yeah, he... Yeah. Like, uh-huh. like, I know everyone in that movie's in crazy makeup, but, like, if Tom Cruise were in Dick Tracy, like, playing a, a wacky character, now it seems like he wouldn't pull that off. Mm. Um, I feel like uh, Son of the Woman... Son of the Woman... Uh, I completely lost my train of thought. I'm a fan of it. <laughs> no, I remember what I was gonna say. Son of a woman was. What's a movie. God doing? Laughing. <laughs> he laughed. Uh, Son okay, of a woman. No, no, it's math out. No, no, no. He's laughing. Son of a woman was a movie that I saw. God's when it was up like there, new to video. I probably saw it without my mom knowing or something. Oh she yeah. Didn't. Uh, and it's sort of like Goodwill Hunting, which is a movie that I haven't seen since it was new. Both those movies I enjoyed when I saw them. But I'm terrified of the thought of revisiting them because I can, without even seeing them again, I can like look back and go, "Oh, those were probably terrible movies." Oh, yeah. Cinema <laughs> Woman is really stupid, but there it's got a lot of things that are make it fun, especially those ending scenes where they're talking about how where um, uh, uh, he's where Pacino's defending Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, because you've got Pacino being broad and big and being like, "I'm too old. I'm too fucking blind," and then you got Chris O'Donnell, who's you know he sucks. But uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, it's his first movie, <laughs> oh, right. and he plays the like snotty guy, and he's so one of good. many. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's he's so good as like this like kind of chubby, like overprivileged brat, you know. Uh-huh. And then is you it, also is get it James Rebhorn. Yeah, I was gonna say you get yeah. James Rebhorn as the guy like the snooty guy, yeah. you know. When with your astute vision, whom did you see? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Rebhorn. I love Rebhorn. I gotta assume you've. Uh, Cornered the market on Reb Horns. I know my Reb Horns. Well, apparently, Matt Damon does. He does a good one in That's true. Talented Mr. Ripley. That's true. Um, oh, yeah. Can you conceive of going to Italy? 
persuading my son to come back. I can't do James Redhorn, <laughs> but that's few pe- few people can. I think two. I think there's before two. Before we move on to dinner for schmucks, uh, can we take a bathroom break? <laughs> sure, absolutely. You pause it. Uh, so dinner for schmucks. Dinner for schmucks, uh, directed by Jay Roach. Yeah. Haven't seen him make a movie in a while, have we? Yeah, I don't think. What was the last, last thing he made? made. Uh, I can't think of what it is because I don't quite recall who he Austin is. Austin Powers. Austin oh, Powers okay. and Goldmember. Meet the, par- meet oh, the okay. Fockers. Is that his meet last the Fockers one? is probably his last one. Ooh. Mystery Alaska. That was his. That was uh, ninety nine. Uh, yeah, that was. Yeah. I was just naming Jay Roach yeah. movies at this point. Ninety nine. That was his one movie, his drama where he's like, "Okay, I won't make those anymore." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it has Mike Myers in it being funny. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't even know if he was credited for that. It's it also was like I think it was Burt Reynolds' follow up to Boogie Nights or something. Oh right. After his like. And then I think shortly after that was when he got a bunch of effed up facelifts. Yeah. Mm, I'm hot. Mm, I'm like a facelift. And mm. it was probably the last movie Russell Crowe made before he was too big to make those kind of movies anymore. Oh, yeah. Russell Crowe was in it. That's before Gladiator. Yeah. Yeah. But right around the same time as The Insider. Right. And the Insider was really Confidential. After yeah. LA Confidential. Yeah. yeah. Which one? After what? LA Confidential. LA Confidential. Right. Um, so dinner after for Virtuosity as well. Yes. Um, I liked the trailer for Dinner for Schmucks. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see Steve Carell playing a silly character, yet I can't... I just was like, whatever, when I saw... Or I think it's like, mm, looks cool, but I probably won't wind up seeing it. I could see it going either way. Um, I could see it being really good because, uh, you know, uh, you and I, we discussed with uh, Paul Gilmartin just the idea of, of so many com- uh, comedies specifically, and movies in general, but I would say very specifically comedies, so much comes from people not saying things to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, this thing would be 25 minutes long if everyone just actually laid all the cards on the table. And with this one, because uh, the the central idea is this guy bringing, you know, a, a moron or a schmuck to this dinner. But it, based on the trailer, it looks like he actually lets him in on this uh, fairly early oh, in okay. the film. And so, uh, so everyone has, like, everyone knows what's going on. And, and I... I I like that. I like the idea that these guys become friends and they're teaming up for something. You know, that's that kind of buddy movie as opposed to just, oh, this guy's awkward and weird and look how fu- let's all laugh at him. Mm-hmm. Zach Galifianakis looks very funny in it. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm keeping my hopes up. Yeah. Uh, how about the, uh, do you have something to say about it, Josh? Uh, just I'm getting tired of seeing, maybe I'm always the curmudgeon, but I'm getting tired of seeing Paul Red play the same character. I think he's probably going to do something different afterwards. That's... Yeah, I think I've heard something like that. That someone was t- telling me, like they were like, Paul Rudd read a script that was written for him. He's like, no, ugh, I can't stand playing this character anymore. Yeah, it is odd because he he often plays like kind of the nice guy who's he's you know kind of sarcastic but genuinely just kind of a gener- uh, genial guy. Uh, and it's weird because I guess that is mostly the part that uh, you know the role that he plays, but he can. He can play like, I could see him play like a villain in a in a. He's really versatile. Like a comedy, you know. Um, well, I remember him in Wet Hot American Summer. Oh yeah, the first time it was like where I saw him, and I was like, "Ooh, he's really funny." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Adjustment Bureau. Um, I don't know anything about that movie? It's a Philip K. Dick ad- adaptation, and All it's right. got a great cast: Matt Damon, El- Emily Blunt, Terrence Stamp, Anthony Mackie, John Slattery. Who's John who Slattery? It? John Slattery. Um, do you watch Mad Men? No. Uh, 
He's on Mad Men, though. Yeah, he, yeah. he was on Desperate Housewives. He's on Sex and the City. I'm trying to think what movies he's he in. He was in Charlie Wilson's Charlie War. Charlie Wilson's War. He's the guy that... Did you see that? Mm-hmm. The guy that Philip Seymour is screaming at in his first scene. Oh, okay. So the one that he's no one remembers from that scene. <laughs> right. The yeah, other pretty one. much. He was uh, also... He's he in plays, uh, uh, Flags of Our Fathers. Yeah. He's in Iron Man 2. Oh. He plays uh, Tony Stark's father. Oh, cool. I think you remember what I said about whether I saw that or not. <laughs> uh, no, I think but that's what it, you said. Um, John Slater is a really good actor. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm glad so he's... he's being he's been successful, but who uh, who directs the film? A guy named George Nolfi. I don't think I, I think this is his hmm. feature debut. Okay, Nolfi. So Nolfi. Okay, uh, we already talked at length about cats and dogs, the revenge of Kitty Galore. Um, Life during Life wartime. during wartime. I finally saw that trailer. That's the new Todd Solondz. It's film. a sequel to Happiness. I think it, it it's 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 sort of like palindromes. It just sort of takes place in the same world, like. There are some of the same characters, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, but played by different people this time. Or I think maybe... I'm trying to think. In in, in Palindromes, the the brother from... Or I, I should say Palindromes. I, I didn't finish my thought. Palindromes takes place in the same universe as Welcome to the Dollhouse, not as Happiness. Oh, okay. And, uh, and so that's what I, I'm wondering. Because in Palindromes... Man, I'm really just not completing a sentence here. Yeah. Uh, it's a marathon when we do these uh, supplements. <laughs> the 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 brother of of Dawn from Welcome to the Dollhouse, same actor, same character, is in just like one scene in Palindromes. All right. So I'm wondering if maybe ha- Happiness will have some of this, like maybe some character will will show up. Cameron, maybe Cameron Manheim has a has a scene in the movie or something. Paul Rubens is in it though. Yeah, and Shirley Hend- Henderson. Um, I can't say I'm a fan of Todd Salons. I think he's too mean for me. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I don't. I don't. I haven't seen Happiness, and I think it's got a lot of great acting. Yeah, I mean, no, I haven't seen it since the first time I saw it, which was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think it's got a lot of great acting and a lot of great actors, but I just remember feeling so gross after I watched it, and just so like, God, what a hateful movie. I, I think actually, that's intentional. That's the that's what you're supposed to. Yeah, take but it was hateful. You know, it's like actually, making fun of all the characters. Like, I think he actually loves his characters in that film like for example dylan baker like i think what dylan baker does is quite monstrous but i think he actually elicits a surprising amount of sympathy for him from the audience uh i think he's a guy who he doesn't shy away from the uh the warts let's that's putting it mildly the warts of his characters but i think that actually comes from a a a love instead of a hate I think he's trying to portray them honestly, which is different than trying to portray them badly. Right. Um, but that's that's based only on happiness. I haven't seen maybe, storytelling maybe or palindromes. Like uh, you got to get the mic right oh, there. Yeah, maybe I guess the argument would be that that he's, I guess you know, fair enough. But but uh, it's almost just that like, it doesn't feel like. It, I, I'm not sure how to describe it. It feels like he's making these. It's like I'm going to make a character. That's a child molester, and I'm going to try to make him sympathetic, and mm-hmm. I'm going to make a character who's like, you know, a murderer, and I'm going to make a character just who everyone is like awful, mm-hmm. and, and it seems almost like that's the goal of the movie or something like that. I don't think that's uh, in the same. I think that's a worthy goal, though. You think? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think he's he's setting that challenge for himself, but he's also saying something about how. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not something too deep, but just how uh, everyone's a person. And uh, I guess I like John Lovitz in the movie. I think that, uh-huh. that opening oh, yeah. scene is pretty amazing. 
That um, is a pretty great scene, yeah. Um, but uh, it's sort of like uh, the only comparison I can kind of make is like you take a movie like Dancer in the Dark, mm-hmm. which is like it seems like the entire goal of the movie, which I don't like Dancer in the Dark, the entire goal of the movie is to um, make the audience really feel for this character and then destroy her. So you, mm-hmm. uh, it's just to make you feel bad or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like just, just to show you. Look at this character who's been in so much pain. You know, Bjork's character, and then let's watch her. Let's kill her kid, or let's kill her fan, friends, or let's beat the hell out of her, and then let's make her kill herself, or whatever they they do in the movie. You know what I yeah, mean? That's not exactly it, what happens, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But it's like <laughs> it, emotional pornography is is the word that I I like to use to describe that. And so it's almost like. I'm just going to challenge the audience in this way. I'm going to. It's almost like mocking or making fun of the audience. I guess I can see that. I can see it even, especially with Lars von Trier, uh, that he does have a uh, sadistic yeah. goals. But I, I still think it's good filmmaking in both cases. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the sort of thing of like you can argue that, like Michael Haneke. Michael Haneke does the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, and he is like a master filmmaker, but it's almost like, it's almost like I haven't seen a lot of Michael Haneke films only because it's like, okay, I want to see them, but I'm just putting it off because it's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you, you made me feel like, I'm sorry. I wanted to watch a movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. You win. You win. I'm almost, horrible. Almost as if. Would you now? I I like what I've seen of of Michael Haneke, and I'm kind of on the fence about Lar- Lars von Trier, and I like what I've seen of uh, Todd Solondz. But um, would you say it's it's almost like the idea of these people say, "All right, you know what? Film can be challenging to people, so I am going to challenge people, and any time I have the opportunity to not challenge them, I will not take advantage of that opportunity. It will be a constant fight." Uh, and yeah. just a, a complete refusal to ever like give an audience what they might feel like they want. It's yeah. It's it's more. It feels more like. And I'm not. I'm I'm not condemning challenging an audience. It's right. Just, I, my vocabulary isn't big enough to find out better words. Okay. But like, it just feels like fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is a lot of people's complaint about funny games, especially. Uh, with Michael Haneke, right? Um, but uh, it's like, it's like Funny Games is like, don't you care? Don't you care? See how much you care? Ah, I'm making you care so much that you're at the edge of your seat and sweating. Aha! Uh-huh. And then, okay, you care so much, too heavy. Okay, I will take you out of the movie just to tell you it's just a movie, <laughs> and then now I will say all the things that could happen, and then I will make you care again and make you suffer. Academically, I like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. But like, <laughs> that's the reason why it's almost like, oh, whew, okay, I got to see yeah. this guy's other movies, but uh, uh, I'm not going to see it right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw happy, Happiness once, and uh, I think I'm good probably for the, another 20 years. Right. So, all right. So, S- Cyrus, is anyone? Uh, I see uh, it. I, I yeah, like. I hear a lot of good things. I like the trailer. I, I like the puffy chair. I didn't see the same directors made the puffy chair. Yeah. I didn't see. I saw parts of Baghead, and I kind of thought I, I didn't like it so much. But I like those guys. The Duplass, yeah, Jay and Mark Duplass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so the poster for Cyrus, I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw the trailer the other night um, at uh, before Mother and Child, I think. And um, do you think Marissa Tomei takes her clothes off again? Which seems to be her I've heard o- she doesn't. Her reason for the only like, it's like the only thing that she'll do a movie if she can take her clothes off. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard she doesn't. I, I hate that I know that already. <laughs> but uh, spoiler uh, alert: apparently she is not nude. Um, how about The Kids Are Alright, uh, directed by Lisa Cholodenko, who made Laurel Canyon, which is a movie I liked. Here's, okay. Cholodenko. I don't actually know much about The Kids Are Alright. Have, have you seen the, the No, the I, know, I know nothing. What's what the what difference between Lisa Cholodenko and Nicole Holofcener? Is this a joke? Are you no, setting us up no. for a joke? <laughs> I was trying to think of one, but I didn't have one. I'm just oh, okay. wondering. I'm asking you guys. Uh, they're different people? They make different movies. Do they? I, don't, I haven't seen really too many of either of their movies. Oh, no, no, have I? They're both, I guess, at least Nicole Hoffsoner is pretty renowned. But uh, she made Lovely and Amazing. Yeah. And um, uh, Walking and Talking. And she made a, a um, one recently that I heard was pretty good, actually. Uh, Please Give. Yeah, I heard that was good. Um, yeah, so did I. And I didn't see Friends with Money. I had heard mixed things about that one. Me mm. neither. The uh, I did see the, the trailer for uh, The Kids Are Alright, and it just, it looks like, Boring. The term that the term that uh, the picture uh, Pardo boring. uses on uh, Never Not Funny is it kind of has an indie hell to uh, feel to it, where it's just trying. It's it's like hey hey we're. I have no problem with a movie being about an unconventional family, but when it when the movie's like looking at looking right at the screen, which it doesn't, but the the whole feel of it is like hey we're an unconventional family and you have to deal with it <laughs> like that's that's we're we're still happy what's your problem you know it just like it kind of has that it almost feels defiant to me uh in a in kind of a condescending way again that's okay with me <laughs> unconventional <laughs> yeah. families have every right to be happy no i'm not saying they don't it's it's the attitude of the of the film itself which is like it, like people are they're t- they're going like to it's people, a message movie well, they're going to people who are already like, yeah, fine. And they're like, oh, you got a problem with that? No, I don't. Do what you got to do. <laughs> that's why I'm Seriously? here. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. And just like, yeah, it just seems like it has that. And, of course, that's just the trailer, but based on like the... Yeah, the you can't judge a movie by his trailer. Of course. Is the of course. Did you guys, did you guys like can't. Rachel getting married? I loved it. I loved it. I yeah. loved it, too. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of one that's like an unconventional family, but it doesn't. the movie doesn't seem to be like, take that. See how unconventional this yeah. family is? It's more like... We're not even going to address that the family is this type of family because yeah. this family has too many other problems that we yeah. need. Yeah. Well, that's the good thing about Richie getting married is that even with all the problems and even how angry uh, what, um, Anne Hathaway's character is. No, not she's not Rachel. Rachel oh, right. Is. Rachel's sister? Well, I, never I, rem- I never remember her name. Um, Anne Hathaway's character. There's, Hang on a there's nothing angry about the movie. Right. You know what I mean? Like that, Rachel getting married for all its uh, all the shit that people go through, uh, it's kind of a happy movie, and that's it's the opposite of the Lars von Trier, uh, Todd Salins thing, y- you know? Yeah, we, like it's almost like it, Rachel getting married. It's sort of like you can suffer, do all this suffering and still make it. Yeah. You can still be okay. It, you know? It's sort of life affirming. Like this Kim, is, the name is Kim, Kim. Is her name with a Y. Yes. Oh, you yeah. own the movie. I do. Yeah, um, it's like, it's almost like. You know, things won't go uh, according to a picture-perfect plan, but, you know, the, we'll still work it out. And it also has friend of the show, Mather Zickel, in it. That's right. Oh. Um, okay, how about Predators? Directed <sighs> by Nimrod Antal and produced by 
the least interesting filmmaker on the planet, Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> uh, um, Robert Rodriguez went in the space of ten years from being someone who really excited me yeah. to being someone that I literally could not care less about. I liked Planet Terror. I never, I never saw it. I uh, I liked it much more than uh, Death Proof. So did I. Um, Let's give a high five for that. All right, and I don't give high fives casually. But we don't just Here's throw them out. Yeah. I've said, I've said this. Over and over again, he hit a peak with Spy Kids. Spy Kids is the best Robert Rodriguez movie, and it's been really. I all thought Planet Terror was the best Robert Rodriguez movie. I, I, again, I, I didn't see it. Spy Kids. Spy oh, Kids you're is missing awesome. Out. It's Spy a Kids lot of fun. Two is terrible, and I didn't even bother seeing Spy Kids Three. Really you did, right? You saw Part Three, didn't Spy you? Kids? No, it was playing at a theater uh, that I worked at at the time, oh, and so okay. I would have to go pop in from time to time. So I would see it in like four minute chunks, but right. I think I might have. Wound, I think I wound up seeing the whole film <laughs> in two-minute chunks. Um, Did not care for it. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me since the second one was so bad. But the first one is... Spy Kids is, I think, his best movie. Predators, however... Okay. But this is not... Predators is not a Robert Rodriguez-directed right. movie. It's directed by Nimrod Antal, yeah. who made... Uh, he's a Hungarian director, made a movie called Control, with a K, that um, I didn't care for. I thought it was... Uh, uh, just leaned too heavily on style. Mm. Uh, but then he came here and made his uh, American film debut with a horror film, Luke Wilson and Kate Beckinsale, called Vacancy. Oh, was that Which good? was awesome. Really? It's, I want to yeah. see that. It's really good. And I then he made, just late last year or earlier this year, Armored. The Oh, yeah. Which I oh, yeah. heard really bad things I heard about. that was good. I oh, heard really? it was surprisingly good. Okay. Hmm. For, you know, it, it's what it looks like, but it was good. But that, yeah, that's exactly how no, I felt about Vacancy. It's one of those movies that is. no one said anything about, but it's like, yeah, it's a heist movie, and then the guys start getting mad at each other, and yeah. like yeah. a, you know, uh, what's the movie where that happens? Famous movie where that happens. All the, the other ones? Yeah, Deliverance or something. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. Usual yeah. Suspects. Sure. Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3, the original. Um. But that's exactly what Vacancy is, yeah, is a movie that not didn't get a whole lot of press. It's Walter Hill movie. It's just a, mm-hmm. a standard. It, there's not a lot of surprises in Vacancy. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's your run-of-the-mill He's uh, just a guy, so he's a Hungarian movie. guy just trying to make in, solid American yeah. films. Yeah. He's trying and, to make his way in the world. So I would recommend, I, I would recommend Vacancy to anyone to the, to the point that I'm actually kind of excited about Predators. I got to assume there's not going to be a lot of surprises in Predators, but right. um, it's one of those things where... I find myself wondering how it attracted that cast, which leads me to believe, like, now, admittedly, the cast could have been, like, a Predator movie. I'm in. This is all, because they're all that age. Yeah. If, if, the, if any of the three of us, if someone said, like, hey, you want to be in a Predator movie? Yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you. And you're paying me. Um, Maybe but, they're, uh, they're trying to, they, were, they did it with the approach of, like, okay, so ignore all those other Aliens and Predators movies right. we made. Let's just ignore those. Yeah. Those movies are really diarrhea-y. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah. The trailer although from Aliens versus Pred or from Predators takes a still image mm-hmm. from a trailer. So this guy um or named Ralph in New York, I forgot his last name, who's a, a really uh talented filmmaker, showed me this thing. He said uh he showed me this thing where he's like, uh the trailer for Predators takes a still image from one of the trailers from Aliens versus Predators sequel, and and he kind of made this little video. Where he says first indication that the the predator that predators might be bad, and then he shows how the still is from this movie and that movie for the trailer. It's like why wouldn't you just take it from a better? Why wouldn't you take a still from a better movie? Like say Predator, yeah, yeah. that's an option. 
Predator 2, Pig in the City. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I'm, I'm, it's, it's one of those things where I'm intrigued by it because I'm at heart 13 years old. And, uh, but I will, I will wait to see the reviews. I can't imagine, you know, I really have no idea what those reviews are going to be because everyone thought vacan- vacancy was going to blow. And then the reviews are pretty good. Yeah. And cool so, movie. uh, it's the kind of movie that I'll see with all my dumb guy friends. It's like the sex in the city of, <laughs> right. uh, for, for me. Uh, can, can we, we skip, can, can we, we just skip, not say the sources? Of, not, yeah. Can we skip that and skip yeah. the last airbender too? I want to talk about the last airbender. Okay. And I, not that it just looks good to me, actually, because I don't know anything about it. But I don't know anything. I never saw the series Avatar: right. The Last Airbender. But from what I understand, the characters—it's uh, a pretty big deal that they're like either Asian or Inuit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't know. I guess some are Asian and some are Inuit. And I could yeah. be wrong. This mm-hmm. is just what mm-hmm. I've come to understand. And Emma Shyamalan cast mostly white. Kids, because oh, okay. he's an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just saying that as a white person, I feel like I can relate to it more now. I want to see it. <laughs> What's I don't see why you guys are. Give uh, that Shyamalan about a white man trapped in a Shyamalan's body, <laughs> maybe. Although I, what I will say about the film is that it it does what everyone for so long has been saying Shyamalan should do, which is get away from his own material. But he still he wrote the script. No, he didn't. The, po- the poster that I drive it. past every day says written or directed by the billboard on on Hollywood. It says from on Highland sh- rather. I, I thought that he well maybe it's the first time he's written a script from someone from yeah. another story or material by someone else. And I'm trying to take comfort in that because as long as he is not the cre- the in- initial creative force yeah. See, behind Shyamalan the thing, adapted the film from yeah. Okay, okay. so he okay. did write he did write the screenplay. But yeah, but in addition to the, his stupid structure of twists, he's still not a great writer of dialogue. And I, I think uh, he should just direct someone else's stuff because he's a he's great. A little, yeah, he's a really wonderful visual storyteller. But yeah. uh, his dialogue—he's a little on the nose, often but hokey and heavy-handed. Yeah. But hokey and heavy-handed dialogue could actually be the kind of thing that that lends itself to this type of film. Or but, uh, the other thing that I'm bothered about with the Last Airbender, and this is something we should we should talk about, is the the 3D up conversion they're doing because it was not oh, shot. Yeah. It was not shot in 3D, but they're because 3D is the big thing now. They're up converting it. Well, that happens more and more these days. It happened with Alice in Wonderland. It wasn't shot in 3D. But Alice in Wonderland was shot with the intention of being up converted. Oh, okay. So they shot with 3D in mind. So that's different. But like Clash of the Titans was a one that oh, okay that they rushed through a process that should take six to eight months to do. They did in like ten weeks on Clash of the Titans. That's why everyone says the 3D is terrible. Okay, and I'm sure it is. Uh, but. I'm okay with 3D. I thought Avatar was great. Oh, yeah. Uh, and as far as the 3D, yes. Yeah, I like the movie in general. For those yeah. sitting at home, I just rolled my eyes. <laughs> but um, I like its use of 3D. That's, that's where I go. Okay, fair enough. Um, and so I'm okay, I'm okay with 3D as a, a, a gimmick or even a tool that yeah. you can use. Uh, I'm not okay with this rushing movies that aren't being shot in, the th- in, the being yeah. shot in 2D into 2D 3D. I will not... as I'm the, I'm the biggest Harry Potter fan in this room, and I r- will not see the Deathly Hallows in 3D, even though they are up converting it because it wasn't shot that way. And there was what was the one a couple of years ago that the end was shot in 3D? Referred to the Harry Potter, yeah, the um, uh, uh, Order of the Phoenix had 3D sections. Uh-huh. I think right, right. 
Um, and maybe Half Blood Prince did too. I didn't <sighs> see it in IMAX. I don't recall. Um, <sighs> you okay there? Yeah. What What are you yawning through? He oh, wants to he wants to rush things along. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Let's d- get to Despicable. Despicable Me. Me is a great title, but I don't know anything about it. I know that they've been promoting it and like not yeah. letting anyone know what it's about for like three years or something. Yeah. But now that the trailers are starting to come out, it looks a little close to Lemony Snicket. Like it kind of has really? that that vibe to it. It's this oh. you know this uh, classical monstrous uh, type villain, but he's now saddled with these children. Now I don't think he's trying to kill them. But uh, he is it's just, and the, but it's modern day, but he still speaks as if it were you know he were uh, Boris Karloff or something like that. Who, who's putting this? What studio is putting this movie out? I don't know. I don't know actually. I don't think it's DreamWorks, is it? No, it might be Paramount. Okay. Well, no, the Paramount is DreamWorks now. Oh, okay. Steve Carell, Jason Segel, Will Arnett, all kind of of the same comedy generation, and yeah. Julie Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, uh, Get Low looks really cool. I want to see that movie. Yeah, Absolutely. I think it looks cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, uh, I'm very excited for it. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Robert Duvall. He's my favorite actor. And, uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray looks... It, it, it's, that, it's that kind of role where you know he's just going to be wonderful at it. Just this. Uh, it's nice to see Bill Murray not playing, hey, it's me, Bill Murray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which he's kind of been doing in the past, you know, six years. Yeah, now he's like a real... He's like, okay, I'll It's like a real character, and he's... Yeah, I think he'll do great. Yeah. Um, okay, I've heard good things about this Viking movie, Valhalla Rising, but I don't really okay, know what Are we skipping this Joel Schumacher movie? Um, okay. Uh, no, we can skip that. Uh, Eat, Pray, Love. Snooze, oh. snooze, snooze. Is this some Man. Julie Roberts movie or something? Yeah. Boring. Someone said... Someone watched A Good Year and said, I want that, but with a woman. Like, yeah. it just looks... Well, it's a wildly successful book. Oh, good. Oh, what's this movie called? Going the Distance with uh, Charlie Day, Jason Sudeikis, Justin Long, and Drew Barrymore? Huh. Cool. Charlie that actually, Day. Actually, uh, that cast alone is pretty uh, exciting. Christina yeah. Applegate, Ron Livingston. Well, that sounds cool. That yeah. does sound good. I don't, I don't know, know anything about, about it. it. Yeah, yeah. N- oh, it's, it's directed by Nanette Burstein, who is the documentary filmmaker who made American Teen. She went to oh, romantic yeah. comedy. But a woman who simply isn't gunning for a ring or wedding or baby. Okay. She wanted there to be a lot of swearing and good-natured raunch. So her feature debut, the R-rated Going the Distance, is totally more akin to Knocked Up than it is to The Proposal. Oh, all right. Okay. That's, I want to see that's that. That's all we need to know. Uh, Thanks, Entertainment Weekly. Lottery ticket starring Bow Wow and Ice Cube. I'm a good. very okay. pr- uh, post-pubescent Bow Wow. Yeah. What does that mean? He's he's not he's, he's no he's, longer Lil. He's, oh, okay. He's gone through puberty. Yeah. Um, we already talked about the the Expendables. Did yeah. With uh, Stallone and his weird face. But uh, uh, we made I made my jokes. Are you okay. actually excited about it though? I know I know plenty I'm kind of guys of that excited. are. I'm excited. Yeah, I will yeah. see it. Um, here's the thing: the action and the look of it. Looks a little too modern Jason Statham-y. You know? Yeah. I would prefer to see something that has the look of, like... Commando or something? Yeah, the, the, or the Stallone movies I grew up on, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm looking at Stallone's face and I'm just, like, shaking my head. I just can't handle it. I don't have it in front of me. How's it looking? He's weird looking now. Mm. It's yeah. not what Stallone, the Stallone that I grew up with looks like. He's He's got nothing right here. 
Yeah, I uh, I Photoshop things for a living, and uh, he looks Photoshopped to me, but I, that's just what he looks like. He looks Photoshopped right. by a professional surgeon. <laughs> exactly. oh. All right, well, I want to I want to turn the page because there's two movies on this page that I'm both of which I'm really excited about. Okay, uh, the other guys, which is the new Adam McKay movie, I think it looks cool. Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, and I love the idea of Mark Wahlberg jumping into that kind of comedy. Oh yeah, because uh, he's the best thing about uh, I Heart Huckabees, or at okay. least the funniest thing in I Heart Huckabees. Do you agree? Uh, yes, I would say so. But also, he's both funny in that film and also kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, I find him, uh, he's he's both in that, yes. I didn't like that movie. Really? I loved it. I love it as well. Jude Law is also really funny in it. Yeah. But uh, even even more sad to me. Yeah. Very desperate. What, what is he, so what about he the say, other like, guys, though? How am I not myself? How, huh? am, I not, how am I not myself? <laughs> Isn't that the line? I think so. Yeah. yeah, it's very funny when he says that. But um, uh, so that's exciting. Well, I'm excited to see Mark Wahlberg because he was very funny in The Departed, and it's kind of a similar. It's not necessarily a similar type of role, but it's. I think he's bringing a lot of that to it, mm-hmm. just kind of this bravado and finding humor in that. Here's my worry about the other guys. Um, Adam McKay is, I think, a really good comedy director, uh-huh. but what his movies seem to suffer from a lot is that they probably have a script beforehand when they start uh-huh. and then they shoot and Will Ferrell and all his buddies get on the set and they're so funny and they do like 10 takes of something and by the time they get to the 10th take they're like that was the funniest one of improvising and it's so out of context by the time they stick it in the movie that it's just like okay or they will often go for the, what I think Judd Apatow movies suffer from a lot which is trying to put consistent laughs throughout and the story suffering. So, like... Yeah. And that's so that with with a movie like Step Brothers, Step Brothers or and Anchorman, Anchorman both that's fine with that. me. What's that? that? That's fine with me because... I, here's my problem with... Uh, I think I've talked about this on here before. Here's my problem with something like Anchorman. Like, it's got the look of... And, and the art direction, the period piece, it's got the look of something that, like should be a b- good satire, like Blazing Saddles or like um, uh, or Airplane or something. You know, like those movies still, maybe not Airplane, but The Naked Gun, we'll say. Uh-huh. Those movies still have a backbone to them, you know, that like we're all, the jokes are coming and flying and going here and there, but we're still following like what's going on. Like Anchorman seems to just kind of, you know, fall just sort of like fall underneath the like we need more jokes here we need another laugh here we need another laugh here yeah you know and they go through all this trouble to like you know recreate the 70s and you know do all these funny parties and he's got such a strong developed character as ron burgundy and then they deny it by by just like not having it actually be a movie you know i could uh, it's more like a a lot of funny stuff where it's like Steve Carell's hilarious in the movie, and everybody's funny. You got this whole cast of funny characters, but you don't really get to see them, you know, in a but movie. You the, really see them like just be funny. But that's kind of the point. I mean, mm. for a movie like that, I think. No, it I is. see what you're saying, and I actually completely agree with you. I just don't. It doesn't take me out enough that I don't enjoy the movies. Those movies, I just hold them to a different standard. But there's a reason that, like, like we talk about Step Brothers. Uh, role models came out the same year, and Ro- Step Brothers might have more laughs in it, but Role Models is right. w- much a much much better it, it movie. because yeah. sc- Role Models is a script. Yeah, you know, Step Brothers and Step Brothers has the look of like uh, a sil- it has a look of like a comedy that's like 
maybe that you grew up with that's like really funny or like uh-huh. you know it's got a it's got a crazy premise like you know Uncle Buck or something like that uh-huh. and like uh but it doesn't it doesn't really it's just a lot of jokes you know that they're just like we got all these great jokes we had a we had our team of of great writers they all sat in the room and pitched a bunch of jokes what if Will Ferrell and John C Riley did this thing what if they did this thing what if they farted what if they whatever uh-huh. and again you get like a lot of jokes which would work great on like a a pilot or a sketch comedy show or something like that but then as far as a movie script goes you don't get the sort of character changes or developments. Yeah, you know, I completely agree with you. All I'm saying is, it's n- I'll still probably end up going to see it because uh-huh. I, yeah, I'll see as most, a comedy fan, I'll I want to see most see movies it. that Adam McKay makes. But like, because I want to see Will Ferrell like doing his best, you know. Um, now let's move on to the next movie, um, which I'm super excited about. Even though I am not at all familiar with the source material, I've not read any of the Scott Scott Pilgrim comics, but uh, it's Edgar Wright for one and the trailer is great in my opinion for it, two and I am super excited for Scott Scott Pilgrim versus the world it really is one of the only movies that I'm really thr- it's just again I hate to judge so much on trailers but frankly that's aside from knowing who directed it and what it's based on that's really all you can go from and that trailer just got me it just got me excited i was just uh-huh. so many other trailers are like yeah all right i guess so that looks okay then you watch that and you're like oh my gosh i can't i want to see it right now yeah it's just so and vibrant and, and unusual really, the idea of it, are you how do you feel about it about scott pilgrim i only saw one trailer and i remember watching it thinking like cool and then i just sort of didn't care or something like that i, I don't know maybe maybe, yeah, maybe the cynical side the defeated side is like Nothing is gonna be good, but I mean Edgar Wright has yet to disappoint, in my opinion. Yeah, he only made two movies though. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Although this <laughs> two is out not, of two, that's a hundred. This is not him working with his two buddies though. Yeah, yeah. that's a good so, point. But we'll see. And also, this might be a little bit uh, behind the curtain, inside the mind, the way my mind works. Oh, jeez. Um, but the idea of guy like it really speaks to me. This this idea that. I grew up as a guy who, a kid who was a nerdy, outcast, didn't do very well, didn't have a lot of uh, girlfriends when I was young, mm. and then I sort of came into being this muscular, hunky guy. No, but I mean, I'm, I, I'm kind of a cool guy now. Pretty cool. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I've, I found myself. I'm comfortable with myself at this point. It's the now, confidence uh, that makes yeah. you cool. So there in the past, know. in you know. Starting sometime in high school and moving on, I was, you know, I was finally able to find like cool girls who were interested in going out with me. Mm-hmm. But they've been cool for a long time, which means they have uh, a more a, more, a more varied past with relationships than I do. Yeah, and sometimes that's a, that's something that I have to that I think about at least. Does that would that does that like frustrate you? Uh no, it I think it did at first and I've right. worked my way through it and that's kind of what it seems like Scott Pilgrim is about. Uh-huh. That he has to defeat his new girlfriend's seven evil ex-boyfriends mm-hmm. and it's really I think seems like and a metaphor for having to do it metaphor in his f- mind. For like yeah, for what I had to do when I first mm-hmm. started first started dating girls yeah. it is like become okay with the fact that they had more experience than I did at that point. I I'm, I'm I'm doing fine now. Yeah, yeah, you're you're making it. <laughs> But I'm t- I'm talking about like uh, you know he's got quite high a few nuts on his belt is what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, you know? 
Uh, I'm saying this is something that I went through in 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 high school. And, well, I'm looking, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the cast. I really like Kieran Culkin. Oh yeah, oh sure. I like when he pops up in movies. Yeah, I like all of the Culkins. Chris Evans is hilarious Culkin, in the trailer. Pass. What's that? The trailer, Chris Evans has yeah. like one line, but he's it's hilarious. I'm a big fan of Chris Evans. Are you? Yeah. Isn't yeah. he kind of was he one of those Fantastic Four guys? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't the, see any of those. He was the best one. He was, uh, was he? Human Torch, and now he's going to be uh, Captain America, and I'm fine with that. And he was great. And to talk about like like vacancy and these movies that look like look like they're aren't like they're dumb movies and end up being really great genre movies. He was yeah. in Cellular, yeah, uh, written and directed by Larry Cohen, which is an awesome movie. Yeah. Did you see that? I didn't. No. No. Did he do Cellular and Phone Booth? Yeah. Okay, so I got to see Cellular. Well, he didn't direct Phone Booth, Joel Schumacher. He directed Cellular? I think so. Didn't Larry Cohen direct Cellular? Cellular? I don't recall. I don't think anyone would let would let Larry Cohen direct a movie right now, but but they think they would let him write a movie. Why I know he he wrote Phone Booth, but I don't know I didn't know that he wrote Cellular. Yeah, he did. Um and Anyway, uh, I'll it, be it's really Cellular. awesome. You should see Cellular. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I like Larry Cohen. Yeah. Um all right, so what's uh, what's next? What I, we got? I don't uh, have the one switch. In I don't know about Nanny McPhee too. Um, I like the first uh, one. I want to talk about um, Middlemen. Okay, because if if I remember correctly, George Gallo is the writer of Midnight Run, <laughs> and I love Midnight Run, and I went to see it. Oh, was it earlier this year or maybe late last year at the New Beverly, and he spoke. And he seemed really cool. I mean, he seemed like he really was just cool to listen to and talk about movies and all that sort of stuff and his story in Hollywood. And I think I remember him saying, like, working on directing a movie, but I don't remember. What is what is Middleman about? Let's see. Luke Wilson describes his character as a true tale middleman. Just a regular soft-spoken guy, but the regular Texas business. Ah, something. Here's the picture. It's oh, Luke okay. Wilson Let me just look at this picture here. Yeah, good enough. I only saw George oh, yeah, Gallo's name, and I was like, oh, George Gallo. Um, if that's the same guy, I believe it is, mm-hmm. then uh, he also wrote Wise Guys with uh, with Danny DeVito and Joe Piscopo, directed by uh, oh. Brian De Palma, which wasn't a oh, hit, right. but but it was interesting listening to him talk about his Wise Guys story. Um, okay, step up 3D, Piranha 3D. I'm kind of interested in Piranha 3D. I'm interested yeah, yeah. in Piranha 3D. It's got a bunch of you know, it's got a bunch of people from around the comedy world in it. Yeah, and Richard Dreyfuss is playing his character from Jaws, except that for rights reasons he's never named, but it's clearly supposed to be his character. Oh, that's from Jaws. awesome! I like Jerry O'Connell. Uh, yeah, Paul Shears in it. Jessica Zor from uh, Gossip Girl, isn't it? There, uh, there is a movie that, uh, is that was it? not was not prominently featured on there. Cellular was directed by David R. Ellis. David wrong. R. Ellis. I knew it wasn't Larry Cohen. Um, but uh, there's a movie called Centurion, uh-huh. directed by Neil Marshall. Oh, he made Doomsday. Yes, and The Descent and Dog Soldiers. I never saw The Descent. It's good. It's I really love good. it. It's amazing. Okay, I I like Neil Marshall. I like Doomsday. I thought it was fun. I I'd, even, I'd almost like to sit through it again. Yeah. Even people, they all the reasons that people said they didn't like it were. Uh, reasons why I liked it. Okay. Which were they said it's derivative. It's just a bunch of this and that. But it's like, I'll put it this way. I would rather see a derivative like homage slop fest of all these good things than yeah. a remake, a bad remake of Escape from New York or yeah. a bad remake of whatever, The Road Warrior or whatever they want to remake now. I didn't see Doomsday, but I, I, but I do want to. It, it, it's it looked fun. really interesting. I thought it was me. really fun. And it's fun in the way, I mean, 
it's like if you were into Italian horror movies, you know, or like uh-huh. Italian sci-fi movies or the ones that were just complete knockoffs of hits, like the Italian film industry would make, like say the Warriors or Escape from New York were big hits. So they'd make like 30 ripoffs of the Warriors or Escape right. from New York, like Bronx Warriors or mm-hmm. uh, New York 2019 or whatever, or 2079 or whatever it's called. Uh, those movies are totally crappy, but really fun to watch. Like the new barbarians is another good one. Mm-hmm. And, um, I felt like watching doomsday was just as good as watching one of those. Okay. So that's my recommendation recommendation for doomsday. And, uh, go ahead. What, what were you going to say about Centurion? What's it? Well, about? it's just, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's like gladiator. It's like a sword and sandal epic, but it's, it's him. So, you know, it's going to be a little bit off kilter, but still really engaging and probably a lot of fun. And so, uh, Shit, I want to see I, that descent. That's for sure. I think yeah. it comes out in August, and it's uh, it looks really exciting. Uh, it's on to me. this uh, also playing. It's August sixth is the tentative okay. release date. The only other thing before we end the episode that I want to mention is I because I just saw this trailer the other night on Micmax is a uh, a French film called Messrine, um, which stars Vincent Cassel, Matthew Almarik, uh, uh, Gerard Depardieu, Ludovine Sagnier, mm-hmm. Cécile de France, like everyone who's a huge star in France. It's like the movie. Expendables of France. <laughs> no, but uh, it's, it's Gerard Depardieu. Yeah, and it. it what it, about his son? I don't think he's in it. Um, but it it looks like essentially, I, I guess it's a true story about this guy, something Misreen, who was like, uh, I guess uh, I'm betraying my ignorance here, but I guess sort of a John Dillinger, only in France at about mm-hmm. the same time. He was a a criminal who was also kind of a folk hero. Okay, and it's a true story. Vincent Cassel plays him. I love Vincent Cassel. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to mention that. Hope, Hopefully put it on people's radars if they haven't seen the trailer. Okay. Check it out because it's a great trailer and I'm super excited for it. All right. So that has been the summer movie preview. Yeah. Uh, not excited about uh, <laughs> not the rest here. of the summer. But it's if you turn really the page here, I did not know that Martin Scorsese had a daughter who was 33. <laughs> and she's directing a movie called Roots in Water. She's made only a few films so far, including this short about estranged siblings, but Scorsese's daughter, 33, sure knows movies, having been brought into the world by her dad and filming New York, New York. When I was born, they were, took me straight to the hospital from the set. Okay. I kind of feel like uh, it would have been fun to like fade out while he was reading it, <laughs> just fade out the episode. <laughs> you can still do No, it. but this has been another uh, BP, BP supplement, another yeah. summer movie preview. Thanks, Josh, for, Thank for, for joining us me. again. Um, what a big... Crock of sh- uh, shit this summer looks like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I say, I recommend going to the video store or going to Netflix or whatever and just on demanding a bunch yeah. of good movies. And Old I tell movies. you what, if you want to know some good movies to rent, tune into the official episode, 169, I believe, yeah. with our buddy Josh Fadum, and uh, he'll be recommending some good movies. Recommending some, some movies you maybe haven't heard of. Absolutely. But uh, you can cu- you can find us online at BattleshipRetention.com or on iTunes under Battleship Retention. You can email us at David at BattleshipRetention.com or Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com. And you can follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter really at Twitter.com slash ThePretension. Or you can follow Tyler on Twitter at Twitter.com slash MoreLessons, which is the Twitter feed for his other podcast, more than one lesson, which you can find at more than one lesson dot com, or on iTunes under more than one lesson. You can find my other podcast previously on, which is a weekly TV review wrap up podcast, under iTunes. Search for previously on. Josh, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter. Yeah, uh, welcome. I, I, you haven't been on the show since you've been on Twitter. Oh yeah, I was such a rallier against it. Yeah, but uh, I thought, well, maybe it could do me more good than yeah. uh, than uh, more harm, you know. And uh, it's it's been a good. I don't use it to talk to people 
I don't, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know how to do that so well, and I don't want to know how to do that. Yeah. But uh, I like, I posted some sort of funny thing. I try to post a funny thing every day or uh, almost every day. Uh, and uh, I only today, I think, retweeted something that that like <laughs> that I just and I don't follow that many people, but I just decided to follow Roger Ebert, uh-huh. and uh, he said something that <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. He said, um, uh, "When Tom Cruise jumped on Oprah's couch, he was actually reenacting a scene from Risky Business." But then he was too embarrassed to explain. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Like it was just the way that it was written, and then it was just like the things that he says, and then this one's just randomly stuck in there. Yeah. Made me laugh really hard. Um, uh, so I retweeted that. Okay. Um, anyway, so I'm on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Josh Fatum. Yeah. How did you get that? There was no. There are no other Josh Fatums. Nope. There's one other Josh Fatum, but he's not on Twitter. <laughs> and he actually goes by Josh Fatum. Really. Oh. He's kind of like a a guy. I think he, I don't know him, but I, uh, I've I was friendster friends with him like in 2003, and I I know he's like a guy who likes to smoke weed and he's got a lot of tattoos and he likes you know he I think he makes music, and one time I was at Cinephile, and uh, actually and this woman was renting a movie and she's like it might be under my son's name, um, uh, last name spelled F A D E M, first name Josh, and I was like. like she said f-a-d-e-m and i was like well that's my name and then she goes first name josh go that's my name (laughs) in my head and then i told her i go that's my name (laughs) anyway that's pretty creepy i know it's crazy well thanks for joining us and we will Uh, talk to you yeah some other time indeed on another BP supplement. Next BP supplement, we'll talk. Yes. BP supplement!